Joining us now, it's the co-host of Jaguars Today on WJXL down in Jacksonville, Tony Smith. Tony, welcome into the Good Golf Good morning, shop. Tony. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Yeah, so uh, Jacksonville at Carolina. Cat fight. I believe they're going to call it a cat fight this weekend. <laughs> um, sure. Man, uh, you know, uh, two and two for both teams. Uh, what do you expect out of this game from the Jacksonville standpoint? We kind of know that we're, we're working through the Cam Newton and Kyle Allen uh, controversy here. What, what are the Jaguars bringing to the table this weekend? Besides, uh, besides uh, Minshew and that mustache. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to see Minshew mania up close <laughs> and personal. And, and that really is kind of the deal uh, with the Jaguars team right now as Jalen Ramsey, who is the best player on the roster, uh, requested a trade from the team two weeks right. ago. They yeah. obviously haven't done that yet. And they've already ruled him out for Sunday, so this will be the second consecutive game that he will have missed. He's apparently going to go see a back specialist um, sometime this week. So that saga continues. It's Tony, like Tony, is that, is that back thing real? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and that's, I that's mean, really I'm just in question about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where how could anyone know except Jalen Ramsey whether right. the back thing is real? It's a yeah. back. Yeah. You know, like if he comes into work and he says, my back hurts, well, there's not really a catch you can do. Nope. You can have to talk and say, oh, that's where his back hurts. So, look, it's it's really hard to tell where Jalen is. Or if honestly, I'm not convinced he'll ever play a game for the Jags again. I also don't think that they're interested in trading him at all. But the team found a way to go on the road against Denver last week, got the win. And as I said, the Minshew Mania thing. Not only is it just taking over this fan base in Jacksonville, obviously it's a big national NFL story at this point too, and it is it. Is so real. Like the stuff that Gardner Minshew is doing um, in these games, he's making plays that in a, in a game last week in Denver, where the Jags defense, which has been really good now for three years, this going into the third year, they give up a, a drive to Denver. They go down the field. They take. They, they score the go-ahead touchdown. And the thought, and I've talked to, you know, I've interacted with a couple hundred Jaguars fans this week. A thought that they haven't had maybe in at least 10 years since David Garrard was the quarterback is the last time that they had this kind of thought. When an opposing team took a lead that late in the game, the thought immediately was they left too much time for our quarterback. And they haven't felt that way in a long, long time here in Jacksonville. But it felt that way last week when Denver scored. And for a guy that was starting his third game in the NFL as a six-round draft pick, to have already inspired that kind of confidence from the fan base and that kind of confidence from his teammates, it's it's a heck of a story. It doesn't feel like it's stopping, and he has an opportunity to add to the legacy this week as he did suffer some kind of leg injury last week with his knee, took a low shot uh, from Bradley Chubb in the game last week, but fought through it on that final drive, was limited early in the week, was a full participant in practice on Friday, so he's definitely going to play. But the legend would only get bigger if Gardner Minshew goes on the road this week in Carolina and finds a way to win a third in a row with the Jags playing on basically one and a half legs. Yeah, I mean, so is this kind of the the M.O., though, is that, uh, you know, don't make mistakes, make plays, uh, don't throw interceptions, really don't, you know, you can go out and try and win the game, but don't do anything that loses the game. Is that kind of what we're operating under uh, for, for, for new quarterbacks when they're kind of thrown into this situation? 
play, maybe a little bit against Kansas City and maybe for the first half against Houston, but that really hasn't been the deal um, for the last couple of weeks. Against Tennessee and against Denver, they, they let him go. And it's been, it's been remarkable with Garner. There has not been one pass that he's thrown now in the three games that he has started. Not one pass that he's thrown that when he let it go, you went, uh-oh, like that rookie moment that you yeah. used to see him with young quarterbacks in this league. Not one. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen at some point, and it doesn't mean that he's not going to turn the ball over at some point. But he's thrown one interception. That was against Kansas City when he came in uh, after Nick Foles got hurt. And on that pass, he actually hit Leonard Fournette in the face mask. Like, he threw an accurate pass. Fournette didn't get his hands up. The ball bounced into the air. That's the only only interception he's thrown, and that's really the only time the ball's even been at risk when Gardner Minshew has thrown it to this point in the season. I'm curious to see what they do with the game plan as far as how teams start defending this Jaguars team because we saw it a little bit with Denver last week where the Jags have been and gotten so used to seeing eight-man boxes with Blake Bortles playing quarterback for his franchise. Last week, for the first time this season, they got to play against some seven-man boxes consistently. So it feels like even NFL defenses are starting to look at this and saying, this is real. Like, whatever this is with Gardner Minshew, this is a real thing, and he has been really accurate throwing the deep ball. I don't think they've been conservative in their play calling to this point. I think they really dominated on the ground in the second half last week, and that's what really got them going offensively. If they can carry that forward into the season, get that ground game going with Leonard Fournette, then I think the Jags, with the talent that they have on defense, even without Jalen Ramsey, could potentially be dangerous with the leadership they're getting from the position with Gardner Minshew right now. Uh, Tony, I, the the thing I'm that I'm looking at is is the O line for the Jaguars. Um, you know, the the Panthers have had 14 sacks in the last few weeks, and and how yeah. you know how are you going to stop that from happening? Um, and and you just were talking about getting Minshew some time. Um, you know, that's uh, the the Panthers defense is always formidable. Uh, I just I just wonder if you think that they can stop um, that rush and, and, and win that battle in the trenches. Yeah, it feels like a game that's going to be played in the phone yeah. booth, doesn't it? Yeah, um, between it does. Between these two teams. And it's, it's going to be which team is going to be more physical. And, look, I do think there are questions along that offensive line for the Jaguars team. Uh, they got a rookie in Jawan Taylor who's been good uh, to this point at right tackle, but um, the penalties need to stop. He is uh, among the league leaders in holdings at this point in the season, and Cam Robinson playing his third game back, coming off the ACL injury that he suffered last year, was able to play basically the entire game last week, which is a good sign for him going forward. But, yeah, I think the Jags realize how dangerous this Carolina team can be getting after the passer and that defense up there. It's been good for a while now. And the, the linebackers uh, with Keekly, they can just fly around. their sideline to sideline guys. So, yeah, there's certainly a danger there. I think um, they're going to have to figure out something – to try to loosen it up a little bit. And I think they feel like they have the opportunity to with Minshew. Maybe they have some momentum from the second half of last week running the ball as well as they did with Fournette to try to slow down because nothing slows down a pass rush like being able to run the ball when you want to run the ball. Um, And it's still, even as much as it's become a passing league, when you can run when you want to run, you can dominate a football game still. And it's so hard to do. Um, but the Jags were able to do it in the second half last week in Denver. That's really the only time they got the run game going uh, this season, though. So we'll see if they can carry that momentum over. But certainly, that Carolina defense presents a the toughest test of the season thus far 
from an offense versus defense matchup perspective for this Jaguars team. Yeah, but what about on the flip side of the ball? I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey is, has basically mm-hmm. uh, touched the ball out of the backfield from a rushing perspective all but 15 times. I mean, somebody else has rushed 15 times in four games. So can the Jaguars somehow take McCaffrey out of the game? Because I obviously think if you're going to take down the Panthers, you have to either limit him or take him out of the game, whether it's in the running game or the passing game. I think the simple answer to that is no. <laughs> and it, it's likely the answer that a lot of NFL defenses have. To what are you going to do? Can you take away Christian McCaffrey? Probably not. Um, I think it becomes one of those things where you go into it and say, if we have a day – where Christian McCaffrey is around 150, 120 yards combined, right? Rushing and receiving, but he's not scoring. We've done our job that day. He he's such a dangerous, dangerous player, and he's such a just impossible. We hear Gronkowski and what they do to the middle of an NFL defense, right? It's just impossible. Teams didn't have a guy that can match up one on one with a guy like Gronkowski. Who the heck can match up one on one? with Christian McCaffrey. I don't think there's a way to do it, and with the places that Carolina's willing to line him up, he can run the whole route tree. Like, it's just an impossible matchup. And I said on the show this week, McCaffrey reminds me of, like, uh, a Brian Westbrook for a while up there in Philadelphia, yeah. where it didn't feel like the league ever solved how to defend Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook turned 30, and he just aged himself out of the league. That He just didn't have anywhere on the tires left. You know, for those last couple of years, that's what happens with guys like that. I don't think you solve them this early in their careers. I think you try to find some way to not let him be the thing that kills you in a given week. And obviously, I think the Jaguars' game plan would be, look, as good as Kyle Allen has been since he came into the lineup for a couple of games last year and a couple of games thus far this year, that it has to be, if Kyle Allen can beat us with his arm, so be it. Yeah. But we're going to do everything we can to limit what Christian McCaffrey is going to do. I don't think there's any way that you stop him or shut him down, but I think a day where he only has 115, 120 total yards and isn't scoring on you feels like stopping or shutting down Christian McCaffrey with what he's been able to do in the last year and a half. Well, as you look down the rest of the season, I mean, obviously uh, it's an interesting thing because everybody in the AFC South is is currently sitting at two and two. Uh, I, I think honestly, everybody in that division has a chance to win, and I think everybody in the in the division has a has a great opportunity to you know maybe get a wild card. So you could potentially be looking at two spots out of that division. Where's this division going to end up? Is anybody going to rise to the top? Well, you guys saw the what everyone considered to be the favorite last week uh, with the road trip there to Houston and the Panthers got the win there. The, the Jags and their week two matchup in Houston um, were a two-point conversion basically away from winning that football game. They scored late. They went for two, trailing by one. They got stopped about a foot short. Leonard Fournette running the ball on that play. So they're about a foot away from being three and one um, and having won all three starts that Carson Mitchell has made, which, again, it's just been remarkable. And – Two and two for everybody in the division. I think the Jags feel as good as anybody in the division could. They took care of business at home against Tennessee. Um, we're seeing when T.Y. Hilton doesn't play for the Indianapolis Colts, they're just a bit of a different team mm-hmm. offensively up there. And as good as Jacoby Brissett has looked, it's still just kind of up and down from them. I, the defense that the Jags could potentially play could be a difference maker in the AFC South, but 
I think all four teams kind of have that wild card factor, right? Like there's one thing you can point to say that's the thing that's going to get us over the top, and probably in all four cities right now, there are people talking about those things as all four teams are two and two the recorder of the season. I think talking about it a couple weeks ago when the Jags were 0-2, and the way that the schedule set up for them heading into the bye week, where they had the home game against Tennessee, on the road against a struggling, it looked like, Denver team, then going to Carolina. We were talking about it without Cam Newton, it appeared, although I think that Carolina, with where Cam was health-wise, is a more dangerous team with Kyle Allen right now than they would have been with Cam Newton playing at the level of health that he was playing at, because they can get the ball down the field, but then you get the Saints without your breeze. Next week here at home, you got the Jets the week after that, and then you go to London to take on a Houston team that hasn't done the London thing before. Jackson was obviously used to doing it. It was one of those where even at 0-2, it felt like the schedule was opening up for the Jags, and if they could get the win against Tennessee, maybe it really project, like it propels them into that next quarter of the season. Well, they found a way to win the last two. Big one coming up, obviously, Sunday against Carolina. If the Jags are the first one to put not only to get the three and two, but to put two road wins in a row on the resume, I think it would be hard if Jacksonville comes out this weekend three and two, given what they have for the rest of the first half of the season schedule, to not make them the favorite for now in the AFC South to come out on top of it, despite the fact that the Houston Texans do have Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and are obviously a very dangerous offensive team. And J.J. Watt's still playing in that Texans uniform. But given the way that they played Houston the first time around, and if, they had come, if they're coming off back-to-back road wins to win three in a row, that's tough. Like, you got to figure out a way to win 10 games. you got to figure out a way to win a handful of games on the road. And if Jackson wants a team that's starting to put that kind of thing together, I think they will uh, be, should be the one that is circled as the most dangerous team in the South. Well, Tony, man, we appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, have fun with the game on Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Tony.